It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Scold production. We always start off with the NFC North Roundup. Yeehaw! Okay, the Bears won last Thursday. Big deal. We don't care about them. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, they're so bad, and I'm here for it. (laughs) The Green Bay Packers lost again. Oh, I'm so broken up over it. Aren't you guys broken up over the fact that Green Bay lost again? Three and six. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are nothing. Steelers are nothing spectacular, by the way. But they got that dub yesterday. They missed extra point, came back to uh, bite them in the rear end because they were in field goal range, but they had to go for a touchdown. Jordan Love is thoroughly mediocre, but Jordan Love actually halfway decent. And the beauty of this is, is we need Jordan Love to look just good enough for them not to draft a quarterback. And you know what? After they get eliminated from the playoffs, we might want them to get a win or two just to keep them out of the Caleb Williams, Drake May sweepstakes. But uh, shout out to the uh, lowly Green Bay Packers. You suck. Okay. Detroit Lions somehow, some way come away with a victory against the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim. It was a bit of a shootout. 41 to 38 and they were up 24 to 10 the Chargers came back on them but ultimately didn't have enough the the fourth quarter was basically back and forth ping pong and whoever had the ball last was going to win and Detroit managed to do that so that's your NFC North roundup 
<sighs> was really hoping Detroit would lose that game because let's look at their schedule here real quick. We're trying to catch them for the division. Next week, they got the Bears, then the Packers, then at the Saints and at the Bears, and then the Broncos before they get us. Was really hoping for a loss that we, we wouldn't have to sweep them. But as long as we keep within two games, we can beat these guys. We can beat these guys for the division. All right. Everybody talking about the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Brian Flores has turned this unit around. 31st in the league last year under Ed Donishell. 31st. They are in the top 14 in both scoring and yardage. I think they're top 12 in one and top 14 in the other. Doesn't really matter. I've said it before. I've said it again. I was hoping for maybe 20th. I figured 20th was a reasonable expectation to go from 31st to one. Going from 31st to top half of the league is utter insanity. Y'all, yes, we haven't played a whole lot of good teams, but you can only play who you can play. You can only play who you can play. The worst part of the defense yesterday was actually knocking Derek Carr out of the game. (laughs) Yes, he was terrible. And as we all know, you get your backup coming in, they could light a fire under their teammates and say, okay, we got to do something here. And Jameis Winston does what Jameis Winston does. He throws up a bunch of effort balls. And sometimes they come down for touchdowns, even though they should never have been thrown. And sometimes they come down for interceptions, even though they never should have been thrown. Gave up. The Vikings did. First off, the Chris Olave touchdown. There's not much you can do about that. Except, Byron Murphy, here's what you do. If you got a guy going up in the back of the end zone, let him catch it and just push him out of bounds. Don't let his feet come down. If you can't get to it at that point, just push him out of bounds. But anyway, Jameis Winston came in. Spark to the team. I mean, Derek Carr did absolutely. He was so bad yesterday. And we, did we blitz a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, we put him under pressure a little bit here and there. Absolutely. But he was just so bad. He was so off. And again, when Winston comes in, all of a sudden, Elvin Camaro gets regenerated and they start running the ball on us. But bottom line is the Vikings defense did what they needed to do. They were up by 21 points. And even though we only scored a field goal in the second half, the Vikings defense, yeah, they gave up what 16 points okay that's nice still got away with the w still got out of the w and even though the offense couldn't do much in the second half defense after they got within eight shut them down two interceptions to seal that game shout out brian flores you have absolutely turned this defense around you absolutely deserve to be uh coordinator of the year and ziggy mark wilf one more time back up the brinks truck to make sure this guy stays here I'm not saying stand in his way of getting a head coaching gig if he's trying to get one. But what I am going to say is for right now, do whatever it takes to make sure he wants to stay here. Now, again, his family loves it here. They're all Vikings fans. You know, we talked about that or he talked about it in his introductory press conference about how after he decided to come here, there was a lot of greeting going on. They love JJ, but I love JJ. OK, cool. Do whatever it takes. Pay him one dollar less than KLC. Pay him like a head coach because there is no salary cap for coaches. So pay him anything he wants. Sands paying him more than Kevin O'Connell, of course, because that wouldn't go over too well. Time for Ty. Oh, how brilliant was this young man yesterday? How brilliant was he? And it's ridiculous that he had that touchdown taken off the board. Brian O'Neill, did he really hold the guy? I mean, again, sort of, but Brian O'Neill, next time, just let him knock you to the ground. He ain't touching the guy. You don't need to wrap your arms around him. But let's hear a little bit from the head coach on Ty Chandler's day yesterday and moving forward now that alexander madison is concussed yeah as of you know with alex in the protocol and he's doing you know he's doing very well allow that to play out medically with the doctors we've got ty who did some you know really good things and really has uh, done a lot of good things showing his explosiveness his burst um the more work we can get ty the better you know my hope is alex will progress what what that means for sunday night i do not know you hope alex will progress I'm not saying I wish injury on anybody. 
but kind of like when JJ went down and forced other people to step up and you ultimately got a little bit better as a team overall. I, you know what, Alexander Madison, he, let's just keep him out to the bye week till after the bye. Week. Let's bring him back for, uh, for the Raiders game. I don't care what you do. Kevin O'Connell, Ty Chandler should be your running back one period. End of discussion. He hits the hole better. He's got better speed. He's got better vision. He's got better everything than Alexander Madison right now. And as I've said for the last four weeks, I love Alexander Madison. I was the one who said, yeah, he can take over for Dalvin Cook. I was wrong. He can't. Now, I'm not suggesting that if Dalvin Cook gets cut from the Jets, that we bring him back. Absolutely not. No, no. Heck to the no. Absolutely not. But what I am going to say is we have a diamond in the rough. We've got a running back that can handle it. Now, again, if you need to bring Alexander Madison in on third downs because he's a better blocker than Ty Chandler, okay, that's fine. But since Cam Akers is no longer available for the rest of the season, Ty Chandler absolutely should not be your change of pace back. He should be your starter. Alexander Madison should be the change of pace back. And frankly, you need to get, you know, Kenny Wong with about five to six touches a game too. You know, he had two carries for nine yards. One of them was for eight. So again, decent average. But the point is, is that the idea that when Alexander Madison gets back from his concussion protocol, that he should be the unquestioned number one running back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's it's kind of ridiculous that we've had this same conversation. First, we had it with Alexander Madison versus Cam Akers. Now we're having it with Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler. And again, I, I don't wish injury on anybody. And again, he's he, he can be a valuable part of this team. But you got to know what your role is. And his role is to be a, you know, a one-two punch, but he's the two in the one-two punch, not the one in the one-two punch. Ty Chandler. Yeah, would have had more yardage, but for that takeaway touchdown. But just even that, that toss sweep play, and he just accelerated like he was shot out of a cannon. That guy's got speed. He's got wheels. And I'll say again, he should be your number one running back. And now that you have a mobile quarterback in Josh Dobbs where you can run read options and you can run uh, out of the pistol formation, there's no reason. That play where he scored a touchdown was a brilliantly designed play. You had Addison and Hawkinson on, on the right side, which means the defense is going to shade over there because those are their two greatest pass threats. You got the wide receivers crashing down. You got big Christian Derrissaw coming out on the pull, and that defensive back made a business decision to be like, I don't think I'm going to run into this guy. I think I'm going to make it look like I'm trying, and I'm just going to get the heck out of the way. And Ty Chandler could literally have walked from the five-yard line in. Such a beautiful play design, having Dobbs under center and then having him go out wide and direct snap to tight channel. I tell you what, that's some creativity right there. That is some creativity. And again, you got a guy that you can be creative. You now have a quarterback and a running back that you can be creative with. So KOC, get on that. No more of this Alexander Madison is the number one running back. I'm sorry. It's just not. This is not good. The Dob father. What else can you say about this guy? Everybody talking about, wait, you remember Case Keenum came in in the backup and Randall Cunningham and Jeff George? Forget about comparing them to all those guys. One of, first off, it's been a game and a half. But I just want to talk about Josh Dobb. Forget about comparing him to any of these other guys from, what, 20-some, 25-some-odd years ago. This kid is unbelievable. He's absolutely unbelievable. That first half, how, how many weeks, how many years have we been begging to just put the boot on somebody's throat in a half? To go into halftime with 24 points on the board? I don't even remember the last time the Vikings had 24 points on the board in the first half. He's ridiculous. That touchdown, the overhead shot of his touchdown where he's... And what I love about Josh Dobbs is he's not looking to run on every play. He's looking down the field 
take doing his reads. And if nobody's open, then he's taking off. And that's exactly what you want from a mobile quarterback or a running quarterback. You don't want, yeah, a couple of design runs here, there, that's fine. But you don't want him taking a snap, taking one read and then running. You, that'll catch up to you real quick. But that's not what Dobbs is doing. He's trying to get the ball down the field. Now, yes, he's still picking up the offense. He doesn't have the anticipatory throws yet or the timing routes. But And oh, by the way, on that first drive, yeah, that pass to Jordan Addison should have been picked off. But sometimes better to be lucky than good. But we'll take it. But we need a little bit more from a passing standpoint from him. But at the end of the day, he was slinging it. That two-minute drive was outstanding. And that touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson, man alive, was that a thing of beauty. Let's hear directly from the horse's mouth in Josh Dobbs himself about you know, how he's gone about his business and what it takes to do from week to week. Let's hear what he says. Let's hear what he says. Once two o'clock hits on Monday, man, I'm on to the next game. You know, there's, there's so much information that you have to consume at the quarterback position week in and week out to prepare you for Sunday. And so a lot of times, you know, what, not this, not the momentum and the confidence that you have from a week, but you know, the information or whatever happened last week, you have to put that aside, man, and, and get on to the next one. Because as I said last week, you know, you show up on Sunday, you don't play well, you know, no one cares what you did last week in Atlanta. Uh, they care about what you did this week in Minnesota. You know what? We all thought Kwesi might have been crazy when he traded for this guy for a pick swap. A six-round pick swapped with a seven-round pick. We got this guy for absolutely nothing. And right now, he appears to be the savior of this team. Now, as I have said, I cannot wait until Justin Jefferson gets back for obvious reasons. He's the best wide receiver on the planet. But he's doing all of this without Justin Jefferson, without K.J. Osborne, Frankly, without a decent running game outside of the running game he provides himself. <laughs> what well, you know, it's funny. In the second half, the Saints kind of adjusted, said, okay, we're gonna put a spy on this guy. And, you know, his running lanes were severely cut down. Bad spot. Thank you, NFL refs. Again, that was a terrible spot. And I'm gonna get into KOC here in a minute. But the point I'm making is this. Go ahead and put a spy on Dobbs. Go ahead and put a spy on him. Because when you got Justin Jefferson, and then you got TJ Hawkinson. And then you got Jordan Addison. Go ahead and put a spy on this guy and play with 10 guys on defense with those guys running routes all through your secondary behind your linebackers because you got one just staring at Dobbs. Okay, go right ahead. Oh, I really hope Justin Jefferson gets back. And again, we're going to touch on him too, but I cannot wait for this offense to have all of its weapons with a mobile quarterback, guy who can run, and again, hopefully under the tutelage of Kevin O'Connell by that point in time, as we get closer to the end of the season and possibly the playoffs, playoffs maybe Kevin O'Connell will be able to get uh, him up to speed on the passing portion of his uh, of his game. He doesn't have the strongest arm, not entirely as accurate. He short hopped one and he he knew he missed that guy. But here's the thing about him versus Kirk Cousins. And again, this is not an anti-Kirk thing, but Kirk Cousins can do things that Josh can't and Josh can do things that Kirk can't. The difference is you can't teach Kirk Cousins the raw athleticism and the ability to scramble. Theoretically, you could teach Josh how to become a better passer. And this team is just better equipped to do damage on a more consistent basis and a more explosive basis when you have a running quarterback or a quarterback that can move around in the pocket. And if he has to take off, he can. Kirk Cousins ain't never running for 60-some yards in a game. <laughs> he better been for 66 yards in a season for crying out loud. So all I'm going to say is this. I don't know what the future is going to bring with this guy. 
it's too early to talk about, hey, should we re-sign him next year? How many years do we sign him for? How much money do we give him? Okay, let, let's slow our roll down. It's been a game and a half. Let's finish out the season, and then we'll talk about it. It's funny. Uh, my guy Dave from Minnesota Sports Talk was like, you know, if we give Josh Dobbs $25 million and take a $28 million dead cap hit with Kirk Cousins, that's 50-some million tied up into the quarterback position, so we might be better off just signing Kirk. No, absolutely not. Kirk Cousins is not taking anything less than $40 million if you re-sign him, and I'm not trying to re-sign any quarterback that's 36 years old coming off an Achilles injury, much less to 40 million. Cause he ain't taking less than Daniel Jones. This is his last chance at a bag. So if you got Kirk for 40, you'll also have 10 of that $28 million dead carry on over. So he would be 50 million by himself. And then the other 18 and a half million dollars would then get transferred to 2025. No, just be done. Whatever got you to this, whether you want to blame Kirk, whether you want to blame Quazy or Rick Spielman, I don't care at this point, at this point, you just wash your hands. You say, hey, it was a great five and a half years. You know, it's not necessarily his fault. But bottom line, as far as the Dobb father goes, I'm here for it. it this is found money. You know, we're play- people call it house money. I call it found money. Call it whatever you want. At this point in the season, as Mike Tice would say, enjoy the season, regardless of how it plays out, whether we make the playoffs or not, whether we get a win in the playoffs or not. It doesn't matter at this point. It's fun to watch this team. How much fun was it to watch yesterday's first half? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tell me that. Now, again, second half, not so much fun. We'll talk about that here shortly. But how much fun is this team right now? To me, it's a ton of fun. I'm here for it. And I cannot wait to see how much fun it is when Justin Jefferson gets back. Kevin O'Connell, what in the world is going on with you? Talk about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That first half was phenomenal. That last, that touchdown run, and he's just like, okay. He did the Michael Jordan shrug. Hmm, okay. Can't do anything about it. Again, great play calls, great balance, run and pass in the first half. First half was a gem of a performance. Second half, on the other hand, come out. First drive after the defense gets you the ball right back, end up with a field goal. Okay, kind of. I believe there was a penalty on that that kind of killed that drive. Holding penalties, drive killers, that whole thing, right? But Kevin O'Connell, by his own admission, played it way too conservative. I know you're coming in after Mike Zimmer, but you don't have to emulate Mike Zimmer and keep it close. All of these one score games, it's like he's allergic to winning by more than one score. You had this team down and out. And I get it. As I said earlier, they got a spark from having Jameis Winston come in and just saying, hey, you know what? 
got nothing to lose, so let's just throw the, sling the ball all over the playground. And he gave you two touchdowns and two interceptions because that's what Jameis Winston does. But offensively, in the second half, it was a snooze fest. For as exciting as that first half was, the second half was an absolute snooze fest. And it's just like, really? Now, again, Greg Joseph missed a field goal. Okay, great. If he had made that field goal, then we would have had six points in the second half instead of three. But where I'm going to criticize Kevin O'Connell is this. Whoever is in charge of telling KOC when to challenge something needs to either be retrained or needs to be shown the unemployment line. Okay. That first challenge on Jordan Addison. First off, Jordan, before your coach throws a challenge flag, run up to your coach and be like, no, I, I dropped it on the way to the ground. I mean, getting both of his feet down was absolutely insane. And yeah, if he had held on to that ball, it would have been one of the more ridiculous catches we've ever seen. But Jordan, go tell your guy. And no, I didn't catch that one, boss. Don't challenge that one. I get it. Well, we couldn't get a good angle because we had like the C crew of Fox and didn't have as many cameras. I don't care. That's a terrible challenge. And then you don't challenge the spot on that third down run where Dobbs clearly got the first down. Thank you again, NFL officials. What kind of joke was that? But he was gun shy about using his final challenge there because if he was wrong, he wouldn't have any for the rest of the game and would have lost the timeout. Okay. Well, that's why you don't challenge the first one. But anyway, then his actual second challenge, like, why? Why? It was so bang, bang. Let Mike Zimmer got himself in trouble by always emotionally challenging plays, particularly when his defense got beat. He's like, nah, my defense didn't get beat. I got to challenge that. KOC, figure out who's telling you how to do challenges and figure out how you're going to do it better. Because otherwise, something got to change. Something absolutely got to change. But by and large, we got to give KLC his credit by getting a four-string quarterback up to speed and going 2-0 and in the games he's played in. That's all well and good. But we got to take the good and the bad. Take them both, and there you have. That's the facts of life. <laughs> in all seriousness, though. KLC, stop with the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde routine. He has such a great first half. And I get it. We got to give some credit to New Orleans. They're a top-10 defense. So they were going to adjust a little bit. Okay, that's fine. They adjusted, put a spy on your guy. Okay, well, you got to adjust to the counter adjustment. And yes, I know the Ty Chandler touchdown run got taken off the board by, was it the correct call on O'Neill? Yes, it was the correct call. It was still kind of borderline chintzy because it's like, okay, the guy's already falling down. So even if he, yeah, he's falling down and he put his arm around him and he pulled him down with him. Even if he hadn't done that, Ty Chandler's passed him anyway. So number one, O'Neill, if you're getting run over, and the guy's falling on top of you. You don't need to pull him down. He's already falling. So, yes, I get it. If that Ty Chandler uh, bit goes into the end zone, we're talking about something else. But the last thing on KLC I'm going to say is this. You had it fourth and three from the 37-yard line, and you elect to kick a field goal on the guys of, well, we're up by eight, and we'll go up by two possessions here. It's Greg Joseph. You should know by now, asking Greg Joseph to make a 54-yard field goal. Yeah, I know. Well, he made the 61-yarder against the Giants on Christmas Eve to walk off the Giants. Okay, yeah. Because you were tied, and if you miss it, you're going to overtime. In this instance, though, because in the Giants game, you didn't have any more time to run any more plays, so you had no choice. You had a choice here. Fourth and three from the 37. If you don't get it, they get the ball in the 37. You missed the field goal, they got the ball in the 47. I don't understand why he's kicking a field goal there. Am I crazy for saying that that's something that I don't think he should have done? I don't know. Our defense had been playing better. We just got done talking about that a few minutes ago. But you don't give the your opponent the ball at pert near midfield on a fourth and three. You've got a running mobile quarterback, okay? 
you've got a more extensive playbook that you can call plays from. All I'm saying is this, KOC, when you put it all together, I don't like the decision not to go for it on fourth down. Don't like the challenges that you did yesterday. Don't like the general non-aggressiveness that you had in the second half. Okay, stay aggressive. Stomp on their throats. You did it in the first half. Again, I know the Saints adjusted. They put a spy on him. Okay, great. They're going to put a spy on a guy. That means they're playing with 10 other guys defensively. You should be able to counteract that. I know Ty Chandler had a touchdown, if not for Brian O'Neill. Okay, that's all well and good. But I'm just saying, KOC, you got to put this together. You got a lot of things working against you. All of these injuries, losing Kirk Cousins and losing JJ for at least five games as it's been now. But you were so great in that first half. So let's have a little more consistency. A little more consistency. No need to rush JJ back. I know we all want to see him. I know we all want to see him with Dobbs. But let's hear from uh, KOC regarding Justin Jefferson. I'm going to ramp him up. Uh, he handled kind of the workload that we, we started him out with last week, opening up his window to get him back. He's, nobody wants to be out there more than Justin, maybe with the exception of me, wanting him out there. We're going to continue to be smart uh, with Justin and, and know that when we do get him back, um, it's going to be a, a major, major a boost for us, you know, getting the best receiver in football back out there. Yes, it's going to be a major boost. But I'd rather that boost come when he's at 100%. I want as minimal amount of the possibility of re-injuring as possible. Got to be patient. Got to be patient. And as I said earlier, as long as we keep winning, we don't need to bring him back unnecessarily. Now, if he's ready to go, fine. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. Bring him back. But if we can keep him out for another week or two, keep winning games just to make sure he stays healthy for the stretch run, that's what I really want. Patience is a virtue, which is rich coming from me. People in my life are like, Justin, why are you talking about being patient? Like, you got any patience? (laughs) Well, you ain't lying. But when it comes to JJ, I mean, he's the franchise player. He's the second best player in the NFL besides Patrick Mahomes. So all I'm going to say to that is this. Do I want him back in Denver? Yeah. After the Denver game, what do we got? We got Vegas. That ain't cold weather. We got Cincinnati's the only cold weather game we got left. And at that point, yeah. At that point, JJ better be ready. At that point, he should be ready, to say the least, after the bye week. But I'm just saying right now, let's be patient, everybody. You know, we all want to get that early Christmas present. We all want to get open up the presents on Christmas Eve as opposed to Christmas morning. I get all that. I get it. For real, I do. But it's a night game, so the temperature is going to be a little less. I mean, game time weather, according to this anyway. 49 degrees okay that's not too bad by the way somebody please tell me how in the world is denver favored by a point and a half now again denver three and five yeah and they're looking good tonight but they're gonna have one less day of rest because they're playing on monday night we played yesterday so even if they do win tonight at four and five they're gonna make those guys favored over us again oh well it's josh dobbs okay what hasn't he shown you? What don't you like about what he's shown you so far? Are they just expecting so much regression from Josh Dobbs that they're going to make the Denver Broncos? And I know Denver's been improving. Beat Kansas City, beating Buffalo right now. But, okay, yeah, they beat Green Bay. So we thank him for that. We thank you for uh, beating anybody beating Green Bay. But, now nah, keep Justin Jefferson out unless he's 100% ready to go. That's all I'm going to say about And that's all I have to say about that. Shout out to TJ Hawkinson. He was an absolute beast yesterday. He was an absolute beast yesterday. First half in particular. I know he slowed down the second half, but that dude playing with 
bruised or busted ribs or whatever the heck. And I'm just like, one of these times, he's just not going to get up. I mean, he landed when he landed out of bounds on that two-minute drill, and he's just crawling back. <laughs> he's crawling like I crawl out of bed on a Monday morning, just like, uh, we have to go to work today. We have to. But shout out TJ. He's an absolute beast. And again, he and Jordan Addison have absolutely, and Powell a little bit too. And, and, and Jalen Naylor looked good on his one catch yesterday. Looked pretty speedy. I'd like to see him get a few more touches. But having said all that, TJ Hawkinson, he's like number two in the N- entire NFL in receptions. Okay. Number two, a tight end, not named Kelsey. Number two in the NFL in receptions. Playoffs. Yes. Playoffs again. We're going to do this every week. We're going to do this every week. Currently six and four. We all know that. Currently, the Minnesota Vikings, if the playoffs were to start today and they don't, would be currently holding what? The number seven seed at six and four. The next team at number eight is Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay at four and five. So we got to worry about that a little bit because they got the tiebreaker on over to us. But here's the thing we're only a half game behind both Seattle and Dallas for the fourth, uh, for the fifth and sixth seed. So we're not just relegated to be, well, you know, we'll be happy to sneak into the playoffs as the seventh seed. Nah, heck nah. I mean, we can still catch Detroit. Like I said, as long as we keep winning at the same pace they do and we sweep them, then we'll have the tiebreaker with the same record. But for right now, let's just focus on the wild cards for a second. You could get to the five seed. If you can get to the five seed, you're going to be playing either New Orleans or Atlanta because they're going to be the four seed. Philadelphia is probably going to be the one. Whoever wins the North, depending on whether it's us or Detroit's going to be second or third. San Francisco is going to be second or third. Whoever wins the South is going to be the fourth seed. And if you can get up to the five seed and get to play either New Orleans again or Atlanta again. Now, granted, it would be in either New Orleans or Atlanta, but I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances with this team against one of those two. And again, they both got top 10 defenses, but we just shredded both of those top 10 defenses. I am not worried about it. Now, if we stay the seventh seed and let's say Detroit. Yeah. I'd be okay playing with them in the first round. San Francisco, don't sleep on San Francisco yet. Number one, they're six and three. And we do have the tiebreaker over them, but we did play them without Debo Samuel. Now, again, we didn't have Justin Jefferson, but they absolutely destroyed Jacksonville yesterday, the 49ers, that is. And they, they're a completely different team with Debo. And I'm not saying that Debo's better than Justin Jefferson, but I think Debo's off. Uh, Debo makes their offense go every bit as much and possibly even more. I'm not saying that he's better than Jefferson, as I said, but he might be a bigger straw that stirs the drink. We've survived. We've gone undefeated without Justin Jefferson. They haven't without Debo Samuel. He makes a big difference, particularly if we got to go out to San Francisco. Let's say we don't uh, catch Detroit for the division. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about Philly and I'm worried. San Francisco and Philly, the only two teams I worry about in the NFC right now. Zim's the only two. Do I worry about Detroit? Mm, Detroit's going to Detroit at some point. Do I worry about New Orleans, Seattle, Dallas? No, not really. Atlanta? No, not really. So, yeah, right now, I'm ranking the NFC teams. I'm going to go Philly. I'm going to go Detroit, San Francisco, and the Vikings. That's your top four right there. So, I'm not concerned. I'm not just shooting for getting a wild card spot anymore. Shooting for the division. But if we are relegated to a wild card, I'm not content with number seven. Let's get up to five. Let's play the winner of that garbage NFC South division. But we still got seven games to go. We can win our next three. And then it's game on against Cincinnati, Detroit. Get a respite with the Green Bay Packers on New Year's Eve. (laughs) What a way to ring ring in the new year. 
with the Green Bay Packers, our rivals. Happy New Year, Green Bay Packers. You still suck. Thank you kindly for joining me today. Please follow me on YouTube, Purple and Gold for Days. And for now, skull to the next episode. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.